0: As I said, we are looking at the book of Ephesians. We've been going through the book of Ephesians now for 18 or 19 weeks. Um, We're going to look at our text this morning. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Uh, This is is Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus. But if you will recall when we spoke earlier, um, I think it was long about our uh, chapter 2, Paul is praying for the church and there and for those, who whoever's going to follow after. So he's not just talking to the church at Ephesus, he's also talking to you and I because we're following after. We're believing what the word has to say here. So he says in chapter 6 and verse 10 Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities and against powers of the dark of this world and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, we've talked about some of that, and I want you to remember that as we've talked about that over and over again, we've said, the battles that we face are spiritual battles. It's not against one another. If there is a struggle that you and I have, it's probably not because you and I have it. I've told you before, if you want to identify a scheme of the devil, you find yourself in a situation where Raymond and I get in a battle. We're kind of blow up. We're mad at each other. He never intended to get mad at me. I didn't intend to get mad at him. We know it's not God's intention that we're mad at each other and not talking. So it kind of sounds like a scheme of the devil, like the enemy has got a knife in there, has got a twist in there someplace. And if I've learned one thing after attending Celebrate Recovery for a year, I've learned this is that most of the things that we struggle with are not the, the, the struggle on the surface. I shared this at one of our small groups recently. I told the guys in the small group, I said, listen, it's not alcohol you have a problem with. Alcohol is not the, is not the problem, okay? The hurt underneath, you have an alcohol symptom, not an alcohol problem. Let that sink in for just a minute. We have an alcohol symptom. We have a symptom that comes out as anger or rage or fear or whatever it is. But our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we need to be able to identify and take authority over those things. But Paul goes on here and he says, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. In verse 13, therefore... The therefore is therefore because it's, it, we're, we've got this spiritual battle going on. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground after having done everything to stand. There are times in our walk with God when we face struggles, when we face ongoing challenges, and there is absolutely nothing that we can do but just stand. Anybody ever been there? There are days when you feel like, God, I can't move forward. I don't dare take a step back or I'm going to fall over. All I can do is just stand. That's not how God wants us to live our life, but I'm telling you, some days that's all you got. And that's just the truth, folks. That is just the truth. You put on the armor of God so that you can stand your ground. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. We've talked about that. the breastplate of righteousness in place. We've talked about that. With your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, we've talked about that. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And last week we began to talk about that faith. We talked about it as being something substantial something of substance do you believe that faith is something of substance it's not just wishful thinking hebrews we shared this last week faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not yet seen when you hear somebody say at the end of a struggle well keep the faith brother that ain't faith hang in there dude that ain't faith keep pushing forward Toss a prayer up to the big guy for me if you get a chance. That's not faith, okay? That's kind of a lot of fluff. There are a couple of other letters I might attach to it. But that's not faith. I don't think that's what the writer of Hebrews talked about when he's talking about substance and evidence. Paul tells the Ephesian believers and us, to take up the shield of faith because there is a spiritual battle going on around you. When you just gotta hang in there, you gotta hang in there because there is a spiritual battle that's gonna come in the form of anger. It's gonna come in the the form of fear. It's gonna come in the form of temptation. There's all kinds of things that wanna come at us. Doubt, insecurity, All these things want to come at us. And so Paul uses this metaphor of a shield for his readers to give them a literal idea of the purpose, if you will, of faith. We talked last week. I said there's a couple of different kinds of shields. Thomas brought to my attention another type of shield. To the best of my understanding, and I'm not saying I understand it all, But to the best of my understanding, Roman soldiers actually had three different types of shields that they would use. And so I want to talk about those this morning. Uh, The first shield was a ceremonial shield that they would use. Uh, They would use it for for parades. They would use it for when when they were on their horses. They had these little shields that they'd hang on their arm. Um, it was decorated with all kinds of etchings. It would have been engraved. It would have been quite a bit of craftsmanship, something kind of beautiful to see. And although it was beautiful, it was never used in battle because it was just too small and it didn't offer any protection. Right? You're going to stand back there and hurl a whole bunch of stuff at me, spears and darts and shoot arrows at me and all I've got is, that kind of reminds me of Wonder Woman in the 70s. You remember she had on the bracelets and they'd shoot at her and go, and all you'd see is sparks going and it's like, yeah, that's what I need, bracelets from the 70s from Wonder Woman. That's kind of what these ceremonial shields were about. They look good, but they didn't really offer any protection. They're not designed for battle, but for show. And although this is not the shield that Paul was referring to when he talks about faith, I want to challenge us because I believe in Christianity today that that's the shield most of us towed around. Hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. I believe that that is the shield that most of us carry around today we have a shield that's decorated with all kinds of engravings. We've gone to this church and we've gone to that church. We've got a whole list of works on there, all kinds of good things that we've done in our life. And we go to church on Sunday morning. We go to Celebrate Recovery. We go to men's group or Bible study. All those things are great and I want to encourage all of those. But when you walk out of this place, and you find temptation, and you find trauma, and you find drama in the world around you, and you find neighbors that are angry, and family that wants to reject you. My question is, what shield are you carrying? Because if you just have this cute little shield that you carry in church, it's not gonna do much for you. I would submit to you that as a pastor... I see this on an ongoing basis. People come to church and they want God to do, we've talked about it before, like God's a genie in a bottle, you know, and we want God to do this, and everything looks great in church, but as soon as we walk out the door, we have real attacks, real spiritual attacks, and we don't know what to do with them. And we wonder why God fails. Well, I'm here to tell you, it's not God that's failing. And the picture that we have is Peter. Peter's telling Jesus, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna, you know, they're having the, the Last Supper, and Jesus said, "Are oh, you all are gonna fall away. And he's like, Not me, Lord, not me, not me, not me, not me, not me. not me, I'm not following everybody else gonna leave you, but not me. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be you can count on me. And Jesus looks at Peter and he calms his spirit and he says, Before the rooster crows, you're gonna deny me three times. Peter's like, no, no, not me, not me. Anybody else, not me. And I'm sure in his own head, while he's at this church gathering, if you will, he's thinking, not me, not me. But when he gets out where there's a real battle, hey, are you the guy who is, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? No, 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 not me. until finally a 12-year-old girl comes up to him and says, I think, I think you were with, no, 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 not me. And then he swears, get away from me. And the next morning when a rooster crowed three times, Peter realized that all he had on was his little ceremonial shield. He didn't really have faith. He, he denied Christ. And I'm afraid, I've said this before, I'm afraid that much of the church today, well, we're fine when we're in church and we all agree, pastor's up preaching, boy, that was a good sermon. You read God's word. That was a good sermon. Sounded really good. I really believe that. I really believe that. When we go out in the world and people go, are you crazy? You go to church? You, what, you, you give them money? Are you serious? Do you know what? That, blah blah blah." And, we're, and we start to back away. We start go, oh, boy, 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 boy. Our faith is really strong when we're in church. I, I question what shield... We're carrying. Okay? And I want to tell you something. I believe as the days get darker, that's going to be, this is going to become more and more and more prevalent, and it's going to become more and more critical in our lives. The second type of shield was considered a battle shield, and this was for the individual soldier. I told you that the belt of truth went around the waist and that all of the armor attached to that truth The two kinds of truth we need to know: we need to know what God's word says is true, and then we need to know what's true of us. We need to know our own shortcomings, our own failures, our own weaknesses. We need, like Peter, we need to know. You know what? If it's not for you, God, I'm in trouble here. We need to know those our own where we're at. Well, this shield actually attached also to that to the belt, and it was carried for the the soldiers personal protection now this shield would have had would have been made of multiple layers of animal hide woven together actually i found a description where they said most of them were were six layers of hide so the inner hide when it dried that would become very very rigid it would hold its shape and these were much larger shields they weren't the small little shield you put on your arm this would have been wide enough for a man covered two-thirds of his body it was quick he was attached to his his uh, belt if he needed it for a situation he could pull it out if he was in battle he could pull that that armor or that um, that shield out as I said it was it was lightweight But here, as I was reading one article about this, I've read a couple of them, but one article I read about it, the author, and I'm just gonna sum it up. I'm not gonna take time to read it all. But he said, um, one of the things, each morning, the soldier was given time and a small vial of oil. They were given time and oil to take care of their shield, The inside of the shield, since it was leather, needed to be oiled, almost like a baseball glove. So it was pliable, so it would stay there, so it wouldn't get brittle and break. And then when they went into battle, because the outside of it was leather as well, they would saturate the outside in water so that when the fiery darts came at them, it was that that gas, if you will, would be dispersed and would be immediately put out. Now, we don't think of shields this way, because we don't understand the Roman military concept, but the writer, the, Paul, when he was writing to the church, they would have understood this. They had to tend to their shield. I have a question to ask you. How often do you tend to your shield of faith? Do you expect you're just going to be able to stand because you read your Bible once in a while as you come to church on Sunday, do you actually tend to your shield? Do you tend to your faith? Do you put effort towards your faith? Faith calls us to action. Faith, James says, faith without works is dead. Faith calls us to action. Do you tend to your faith? Do you say, okay, God, I need help improving my faith. I need to see you work in my life. Don't have to show your hand. But do we tend to our faith? these soldiers actually tended to their shield. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a bit. The third kind of shield that actually went into a Roman soldier's brigade, if you will, were, were for spear chuckers. They were large. They were like Doors. There were large doors that you could actually, the military could hide behind, and they, they weren't hiding. They were actually, these were used to advance. They weren't just used as protection. They were used to advance. There were large uh, uh, shields that somebody carried for them. If I was, if I was in, a, uh, in this battle, and it was my job as a spearman to advance the front, Grace would be the one carrying my, well, I'll use, I'll use one of the guys instead. You you could do something else. But one of these guys over here, they're going to carry my i have Zach carry my door. Ba-boom. But then Ray is alongside of me. He's helping me out, and, and somebody's going to carry his door. And then, and then Bryce is there, and somebody's going to carry his door. So you could see these doors set side by side, almost like a wall moving forward. How many times do we use our faith that way in the community? You know, what happens is we end up fighting these battles on our own instead of standing together and advancing the cause of Christ forward. And Paul, one of the things he's talking about is faith moves us forward. We have to work together. A spearman could could stand back, protected by the wall, and he could, he could throw that spear. He could be wide open, exposed wide open. He could throw that spear because he's got somebody holding his shield in front of him. There are different... Purposes for these shields. So I believe what happened is when we join together, we're not fighting alone. Christianity should be a team effort, right? Or should it just be our church? Maybe it should just be this half of the church, right? Maybe we should, if you're gonna fight against um, oh I don't know, you're gonna fight against some kind of sin, it should just be people wearing green shirts. Ray, you can lead the team. A couple more green shirts over here. We want to divide things out so much. The kingdom of God is a team activity, right? You realize that there are other churches in town that have the same belief system that we do, right? There are some churches that believe a little bit different, but as long as we're believing that Jesus came and he is the the way, the truth, and the life and that no man comes to the Father, we can find something to work with him, right? Right? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, they're at a different address. We can't do that. Oh, no, everybody there wears ties. We don't wear ties here. Oh, no, we can't do that. They got a different title at the end of their Lutheran. Who Lutherans? We can't do that. Look, folks, we need to understand this is about the kingdom of God, Right? The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. We gotta do something. Barry's had a, a passion burning in his heart for the last five years, eight years. We're gonna be known as a, as, a city of righteousness, a beacon of righteousness. That's what this community is. Anybody ever heard him say that? Probably. Are we working towards that together? Or that's his shield. He can do that. Careful. Careful. Sometimes, sometimes, we'll, oh, that's on you, man. You, you deal with that. That is something that takes all of us to advance, right? It takes all of us to advance a cause like that. For us to be a beacon of righteousness, that takes our whole city. That takes the church standing up and being, I don't know, the church. Extending a hand of love and grace. There are times in our life when it seems like all we can do is just stand. We've gone through some kind of trauma. We've gone through some kind of a test. We've gone through some kind of a struggle. But there are times when God equips us, and if we're wise, and if we'll use the time rightly, we will use that time to advance the kingdom of God. So, have you been walking around just with a little ceremonial shield? Have you been taking time to oil your shield? Have you been taking time to prepare your battle shield? Have you been working with others saying, hey, you know, here's a wall. The kingdom of God is moving forward. Where are we at? I love the fact that we can preach and I can have people literally all over the country hear us online. That's great. That's a good thing. I'm glad that we're on TV. I'm glad that we're on the internet. I'm grateful. But the writer of Hebrews says, forsake not the assembling together of yourselves as some are in the habit of doing. Don't forget to get together because as much as it's good to watch it on TV, you need each other. We need, this is fine. you hear me preach for, for 40 minutes. But you know what you really need? You need to sit down and have coffee out here with somebody before the service and after the service so we get to know each other's struggles so we know how we can pray for one another, how we can stand for with one another, how we can believe with one another. We need to be together sharpening. Our men's group, uh, we could videocast our men's group, but it doesn't make any difference. You need to be sitting in a room and letting somebody take a whack at you once in a while because you're sharing the word and somebody's like, hey, let's relook at that. Let's look at that. We need to grow in truth. We need to grow in truth. We need to be together, celebrate recovery. Great. We can all read the book, but that is not going to cut it, folks. We need somebody looking at the table, looking across sitting across the table from us. I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Somebody sitting across the table who can say, "You know what? that's crap. you're lying you you." That's really not what's going. You you need to come true. You need to be honest with that. It's way too easy to just lie to each other. Way too easy as believers to say, you know what? I do my church online. That's good. Then I can get. I actually had somebody tell me this one time. Real deal. But pastor? I got to tell you, I was I was doing some searching. I found a really good preacher on another on a on a computer. Good. Um, I'm glad you finally found a really good preacher. That's, that's good. I mean, I like coming to church, and you know, all, but I found a really good preacher on, online. Yeah, okay. What's the matter with you, man? What's the matter with you? Great, you found a good preacher. Have you found a body that loves you and cares for you? Have you found somebody who's gonna reach out to you when you're down? Have you found somebody who's willing to say, you know what, I just don't think that's real. You need to kind of go back to the Lord and get that squared away in your life. There's some issues going on. Faith towards understanding faith it, 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 we we need to kind of understand the, the the what is it we're really looking at what well, if faith is going to be our shield if that's what we're going to use to to advance the kingdom if that's what we're going to use to hide behind then i I think we need to understand what faith really is. Faith is a confidence it's 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 a hope it's an assurance. Listen to what Romans says in in Romans chapter 10. Paul writing to the church, he says, faith comes by hearing, get this, get this, and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How many of you know, have you ever sat in a situation where somebody got up and they, they, they told you what to do in a situation and you could actually repeat word for word what they told you to do and yet you didn't hear them? I love that awkward silence. How many times? Maybe you're maybe you're in a situation. You 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 go in and 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 Raymond and Grace come into the office and they say, Pastor, we got this problem. And I'm like, All right, this this let's go. Let's lay this all out. Yep, 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 yep. You understand? Yep, 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 yep. You can repeat it back to me. And they walk away, and I go, You know what? I know they didn't hear that. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about. i got to make sure, because before I go on, we got to understand this. We can hear the words, but not hear it. We we know the letter of what they said, but we don't know the heart of what somebody said. You know, there's a, there's a whole thing out there where, where husbands, you want to honor your wives. In order to show honor, you have to touch them 10 times during the day. Well, if you walk up to your wife and go, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11, now she really knows that. This is my daughter, my, not my wife. She re, 17, now she really knows that I love her. You missed it, right? You missed it. You heard it, but you didn't hear it. You know what she needs? This is what she needs. I love you. I want you to know how much I love you. Not just in church. I really love you, you know that? I love you. Even when the, even when the computer's on. She didn't tell me she loved me back. (laughs) Oh, poor me. You understand, you can get the the letter of it right and still not hear it. What Paul says is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He's not saying you just gotta hear it once once or twice and play the video. You gotta hear it down inside of your heart you got to hear it. you got to get to know it. You say, well, I'm not really sure how you do that. You get it in. You get it in. You get it in. You work it in. You get around people who say, I love that you're listening to God's word. But listen to what he's really meaning here. Faith comes by hearing. It's God's word coming alive in us. Listen, it's not part of my sermon yet. It's going to be soon. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who are wrong. For, the, uh, for like the grass, they will soon wither away. Like the green plant, they will soon die. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. Now, we, mis- we misquote that all the time. We misquote that. We go, you know what? Life's really cool. Man, look at this. There's a new Camaro. I want a new Camaro. Oh, there was a new four wheeler. I want a new four wheeler. God's going to give me the desire of my heart because I want a new four wheeler. Uh uh. Now, what that means, now, what that means, now, what that means, it means is you trust in the Lord, you dwell in the land, you build yourself into Him, you work in Him, and all of a sudden, God puts this desire in your heart. He's gonna give you the desire. You've, you've spent time with him. You've trusted him. You're working on it. All of a sudden, he puts a desire in your heart that says, you know what? I gotta help little kids somehow. Some way, I gotta be pouring into little kids. Some way, I gotta see little kids come to know Jesus. And God builds that desire in your heart. Guess what? He's gonna give you that. He's gonna answer that because he put it in there. It happened to me the first time I went overseas. Happened to me the first time I went to Mexico. I couldn't believe it. Went to Mexico and watching these little kids. And I'm thinking, God, somehow by getting the gospel out and watching these little kids just come to life as they hear about Jesus. Somehow, God, I've got to be involved in mission somehow. He brought that to life. He gave me that desire. He put that desire in me. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, you get the word in you over and over and over and over again, and you've got something to hang on to. You've got something to hang on to, but if you haven't gotten the word in you, all you got is a ceremonial shield. That's it. Come to church. All you got is this little Wonder Woman thing. That's all you've got. Your faith is not going to do anything to change your life. Faith gives us this deep conviction. James 2. Nine, let's start in James 2.14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. But some will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe in God. You believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. They're smart enough to shudder. You see, I believe in God. You believe in God? You have faith in God? You have hope in God? I'm telling you what, you're going to have some tests and some trials along the way to prove that out. Right? Right? Come here, Bryce. How old are you? 18, graduated high school this past year, a great job. Now he's on to college, gonna be a college man. Been going for two weeks, right? Right, Right? going good? So far. Had any tests yet? Uh, Not big ones. Not big ones. What is the purpose of a big test? To see what you know. He's a smart man. That's why he had to take a driver's test too, you know? Because he's going to get behind a piece of metal that's 4,000 pounds, and I don't know how fast that Corvette of yours goes. You don't know, do you? Good answer. Good answer. I'm not really sure, Pastor. I don't know. (laughs) The concept of a test is so that you understand what you know. You say, oh, I'm facing all these tests in my life. Woohoo! Hallelujah, now you get to know what you know and you get to know what's in there and when you fail, you can say, God, I need to press in and get it figured out because I got to hang on to something strong here. I blew it on my own. I missed it on my own. That's why Paul says, or that's why James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy because you get to find out how are things working inside there? Do I have that test? Do I have that hope? Do I have that faith? <laughs> the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. As everything we do is by faith. You realize salvation is by faith. It's not just because you came in the church door. You don't come in the ch- church door 56 times and go, oh, you're saved. No, that's good. Now you can go to heaven. You came here 56 times. That's like saying, I love you, 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 I love you. Now you believe I love you, right? Otherwise, you're going to get a hug. Okay. (laughs) No. Salvation comes through faith. Believing in what Jesus Christ has done for you. Beginning a story, end a story. That's the story. Jesus paid the price for you. What what then shall we say? Abraham, our forefather, according to his flesh, discovered this matter, Romans chapter 4. If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. God gave him a list of things to do, and he did them. And if that was the end of the story, that's fine. He'd be a good man, but that is not enough for him to get saved, right? Not before God. What does Scripture say? Say Abraham believed, and that belief was credited to him as righteousness, not his actions. It wasn't his actions. It was a belief that he had in God. Folks, you and I have to pick up that shield, pick up that shield, pick up that shield of faith. That's where the battle's going to be won is in your faith. Well, well, it doesn't turn out just the way that I wanted to. Too bad. That's not faith. Faith is not... If you can see the end of faith, it ain't faith. Right? You can see the end of it, it's not faith. Well, this is how I want it. You don't know what God is doing on the backside. You don't know what He's doing. Do we trust that? Do we believe that God is working regardless of what we see, or do we have to see it all? Because if you have to see it all, it's not faith. It's not faith. I keep praying for so and so and they just don't change. Keep praying. Hang on. Let God birth that in you. Let him bring that alive in you. When he does, then there's no turning back. Then there's no... Okay, I'm gonna go a step farther. I'm gonna open a whole nother door that I probably shouldn't open right now. But I'm gonna do it anyhow. <clears throat> You've heard of name it, claim it type of faith. And that's like, well, I see the Corvette. I want the Corvette. I want to have the Corvette. God, you're going to give me a Corvette. I know you're going to give it to me. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to claim it. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Unless God births it inside of you, it ain't no more yours than the space shuttle. Right? But when God births that thing in you, when you have followed his word and you've done all these things and you, you, he births that thing in you so that now he's giving you a vision for a children's ministry and for seeing kids come to Christ. Now when you speak that out, it's prophetic declaration because he brought it to life in you. You're declaring the truth of his word in you. I'll give you an example. I can't give you that example yet. It's still working in, by faith. We've got to get that one come past first. God does these things in our life. And we just, we know that we know that we know that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt he's gonna do it. Why? Because he birthed it. He put it in there. He gave us that desire. Do I see the end of it yet? I don't see the end of it yet, but he put it in there. So every time I declare it, I'm declaring his truth, something that he put in there. Okay, that's a whole nother sermon. I could just see you going, hmm, not really sure what to do with that, pastor. okay. You need to get God's word. In your heart. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 says, eight and 9 says for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it's a gift of God. 2 Peter chapter 1 his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and his goodness through these things he has given us great and precious promises promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world we can escape the corruption of the world that sounds like spiritual warfare warfare how because of his divine and precious promises then he goes on peter says every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of light I'm sorry, this is in James. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Jesus said in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. That's because... We have chosen to take up residence in Christ. We've chosen to follow him and get to know him. And as we've done that, he has placed within us a desire. You hang out in God's word, and he produces that faith in us. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit what we read about in Galatians 5 but the fruit of the spirit is love the fruit the result the end on a table over there on a table over there there's tomatoes somebody told me today it better be a good sermon they're bringing tomatoes <laughs> alright been loosening up okay. there's tomatoes tomatoes are a fruit there's apples apples are fruit they're a fruit of the vine that is the result of a good growing season right right As a result of a good growing season, you got fruit, right? Paul says the fruit, a good growing season in the Spirit, a fruit of the Spirit, is love. You don't have to worry about walking away with apples and grapes. You get to walk away with love, with joy, with peace, with forbearance, with kindness, with goodness, with faithfulness. How do I get faithfulness? Abide in the vine. Hang out in Jesus. Let him work in your life. Turn over all those cares and those worries. Cast them on him. Begin to trust him. Dig deeper into your word. Find out what the Bible has to say. Let that word come alive in us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by the word. It has to come alive in us. Amen? Okay, we're going to get past the shield of faith this week then. Let's just close with a word of prayer. And I just want to challenge you. Get the word in you. Work on the shield. Work on your shield. Work on your shield. Get the word in you. Get the word in you. Don't beat somebody else up, okay, with the shield. Don't beat somebody else up with your faith. God said this and you got to do that. Boom, 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 boom. That's what my Bible says. No, 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 no. Hang on. Hang on. Sometimes all you can do is stand in that faith. Amen? Father, I thank you for each person here today, each person who's watching online. God, I pray that your word would come alive in our hearts, would come alive, and we would see faith spring to life, spring to life. Father, if we need a half a million dollars for a project that you have placed in our heart, not just to add on to the shop, It's something that you have placed in our heart. If we need resources for that, God, would you bring that to life in us? If we need peace, if we need hope, whatever it is we need, if there are attacks in our life and we need to know that you're our defender and that we can rise up in your power and your strength, God, by your word, would you breathe that life into us so we can stand in faith? We just need to hear from you. I pray that in the next days and weeks, we would open your word and we'd see it come to life. We'd open your word and see it come to life. We'd open your word and all of a sudden we'd begin to hear. Oh, That's what that means. That's what that means. We abide in you. As we abide in you, Father, we see your faithfulness comes alive in us. In Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you. Have a great day and work on your shield.